0: Hello, and thank you for joining us to learn more about the Meaningful Use 3 Rule. Ms. Karen Conway, Executive Director of Industry Relations at Global Healthcare Exchange, will discuss in more detail what supply chain needs to do to adhere to the rule that has already taken effect. Have you heard of UDIs? The acronym stands for Unique Device Identifiers. More specifically, it refers to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's unique device identification rule. To date, most of the attention has been on manufacturers and what they have to do to be in compliance with the rule. That rule was published in 2013, and it includes phased in compliance dates through 2020. But now UDI is part of the regulatory lexicon for providers. This podcast is designed to introduce you to what you need to be doing to be in compliance with existing and new regulatory requirements going into effect in 2016. But first, before we talk about what providers and their technology partners must do, let's talk about why UDI in the first place. We all remember the To Error's Human Report. That's a landmark 1999 Institute of Medicine study that found that as many as 98,000 people die in US hospitals each year as the result of preventable errors. Many studies indicate that number may have more than doubled in the years since. Many of those errors were medication-related, wrong medicine, wrong dosage, wrong patient, which led the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research to work toward creation of a rule requiring prescription drugs and over-the-counter medicine dispensed in hospitals to carry a barcode that contains the drug's national drug code or NDC number. At the same time, the side of the FDA that regulates medical devices, the Center for Devices and Radiological Health, wanted to do the same thing, only to find that there was not a code analogous to the NDC in wide use for most medical devices. That set the wheels in motion for the UDI rule. In 2007, the FDA Amendment Act called for creation of a unique device identification system for medical devices requiring the label of devices to bear a unique device identifier to adequately identify the device through distribution and use, and may include information on the another five years to publish the final rule, in large part because the agency wanted to make sure that UDI would be adopted by hospitals. In other words, if hospitals and healthcare providers do not use the UDIs, all the rule will have done is added cost and regular, regulatory burden to healthcare. To avoid this, the FDA gave careful consideration to potential supply chain applications, realizing that supply chain plays an important role managing both physical products as well as the information about those products. Since then, much progress has been made. All Class III devices were to have been in compliance with the UDI rule in September 2014. All implantables, regardless of class, as well as a group of products considered life-saving and life-sustaining were to have complied by September of this year. And by September of next year, all the balance of Class II devices will be covered by the rule. Once we hit that mark, more than 50% of medical products should have a UDI assigned, Printed on the label in a manner that can be read by humans as well as by auto identification and capture technology. Think barcodes, scanners, RFID. And also have additional data about the products about those products published in the FDA's global UDI database, or what the FDA likes to call the Good ID. By the way, that database is now available for public use, and you can find a link to access Good ID on the FDA UDI website. Just go to www.fda.gov backslash UDI. The UDI is central to FDA's plan for strengthening our national system for post-market surveillance. That plan has always envisioned capturing UDIs for implantable devices in a patient's electronic health record, and eventually in product registries. Other regions of the world, including Canada, the European Union, South Africa, China, and Taiwan, are working on their own UDI regulations. Thanks to efforts of the International Medical Device Regulatory Forum, those regulations should be globally harmonized. That means that data captured about usage of a medical device in a registry in one part of the world would be relatable to data captured in a registry in another part of the world. If this vision can be realized, clinical researchers and providers will have access to much more robust data on the real-world performance of medical devices. When the FDA published the final rule, the agency also announced it was going to make amendments to some existing regulations to conform with the new rule in order to create a more holistic approach to integrating medical device information throughout the entire healthcare system. In other words, UDI will be fundamental to everything the FDA and potentially other government agencies do around medical devices going forward. That includes how it receives information about adverse events. One of the conforming amendments changed Part 803.32 in the Electronic Code of Federal Regulations. Now hospitals and other sites that the FDA deems to be user facilities must include the UDI when available when reporting adverse events involving serious injury or death. Also in 2015, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, and the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT, or the ONC, published rules related to Meaningful Use Stage 3. And in those rules, there is a requirement that electronic health record technology and providers be able to store, parse, and share UDI-related information for a patient's implantable devices. Specifically, the rule requires that you be able to create a list of a patient's implantable devices in an electronic health record, that the electronic health record can break up or parse the UDI into its two pieces, the device identifier, and then the production information. The device identifier stays static, while the production information, things like lot or batch number, serial number, expiration date, date of manufacture, that is dynamic data. But you need to be able to break that up. The um, electronic health record technology also needs to be able to use the device identifier to pull additional core attributes about those products out of the good ID. That includes things like company name, brand name, version or model, certain patient safety information, um, what MRI safety information does the label contain, um, does it contain or is there information about whether it contains natural rubber latex or dry natural rubber Um, There also needs to be a description of the implantable device that can be pulled in using either the Global Medical Device Nomenclature Preferred Term Name or the SNOMED description, the Systemized Nomenclature of Medicine Clinical Terms description. And then providers will also need to be able to exchange UDIs for implantable devices as part of a common clinical data set with other providers who are taking care of the same patient. One, the ONC and CMS published their proposed rules on Meaningful Use Stage 3. Reaction to their UDI-related proposals was mixed, with most of the opposition coming from EMR or EHR vendors, although not all of them. Some of the strongest support came from ARM, as well as provider groups, like the Healthcare Transformation Group. That's made up of Mayo, Mercy, Kaiser Permanente, Geisinger, and Intermountain Healthcare. And perhaps the most notable support came from physician groups, those representing orthopedic surgeons, cardiologists, psychiatrists, ophthalmologists, and obstetricians and gynecologists. These clinicians increasingly recognize that UDIs can play an important role in answer critical questions, such as whether or not an implanted device is compatible with MRIs, what patients need to be notified in the event of a recall, how well is the device performing, and What implants a patient en route to a hospital may have prior to the arrival at the ER? And then probably the most important one um, for orthopedic surgeons is, what is the implant that a patient has prior to revision surgery? Because many times a physician or a surgeon will um, start a case, open up the patient only to realize that he or she does not have the right instrumentation in order to do that revision surgery, UDIs will answer all of these questions. There's tremendous value for providers and for healthcare in general once UDIs are adopted. But there's a lot of work to be done, and we'll be covering that in other podcasts in this series. Thank you for listening. I'm Karen Conway. Thanks for listening. For expanded education, go to the full catalog section of this Learn Something website or go to www.ahrmm.org.